Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and here with me again to preview the Wichita Regional are Josh Brown and Jake Pavorsky. Josh, what's going on? Doing well, Dan. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, as always. Jake, what's up? I'm doing great, Dan. I'm looking forward to being out in Wichita in two weeks uh, to be there for that region. It's going to be a really special week, uh, not only just for you know those games and those fans, but TBT in general. Um, to be in Wichita, to see that crowd, uh, is going to be really electric and, and a special moment for us in our sixth year. So really looking forward to, to being a part of that and previewing that region right now. Absolutely. So the Wichita Regional, actually, the host team is the second seed, the Aftershocks, which is the Wichita State alumni team. We're going to play games, two games on Thursday night, two games on Friday night for the first round. Then we're going to play two games on Saturday, which will be the second round. And then we're going to play one game on Friday for the regional championship. So we're going to break it up a little bit differently here. We're not going to start at the top of this bracket. We're going to start at the bottom. And we're going to preview the Wichita State alumni team Aftershocks the two seed against the seven seed Iowa United. Both of these teams are first year TBT entrants uh, with some familiar faces that have participated and been, been involved in TBT in the past. But this really looks to be an amazing matchup. This is going to be the primetime game in Central, 8 p.m. Central time, 9 p.m. Eastern time, live on the main network on ESPN on Thursday, July 25th. Josh, your thoughts on this 2-7 matchup between the Wichita State alumni team Aftershocks and the seventh seeded Iowa United? Yeah, I feel, Dan, um, it's kind of hard to believe because Wichita fans have bought an insane number of tickets, and there's going to be even more leading up to that regional. Um, But from like a national perspective, I feel like this Aftershocks team is kind of a little bit flying under the radar. Um, I feel like uh, Kansas has been kind of the big name going there. We'll talk about their alumni team coming up. But this Aftershocks team, I mean, is really good. Everyone remembers Connor Frankamp from those runs that Wichita State made. Clay Anthony Early, he's an NBA talent. Uh, he just confirmed that he will indeed be playing with that team. And then um, Richard Kelly, who's arguably maybe the best player on this whole roster and one of the better players ever to play at Wichita. Um it feels like a little bit like this team is is flying under the radar. I mean, Karan Bradley has done a great job of organizing these guys. Um, this has been this team has been basically had a full roster since I mean at least January now, if not earlier than that. Filled with Wichita State legends, they're going to have a massive home crowd advantage. Um, so I think, well, it seems like from like a national perspective, kind of the the. Um, the focus is on self-made. I really wouldn't count out this Wichita State team. And then on the other side, you have Iowa United, who they're bringing together alumni from Iowa, Iowa State, and Drake University, um, three of the four schools in D1 schools in Iowa. And a um, couple of familiar faces on that team, Marcus Pfizer, who's played for that Hilton, or he actually coached that Hilton Magic Legends team last year. He'll be playing with them this year. And then also Tyrus McGee, who... Um, despite a very disappointing performance for uh, the Iowa State alumni last year, he was kind of the the one um, bright spot for them. He had, I believe, over 20 points in that game. Um, so he's kind of a, a bucket getter and um, maybe didn't have a great situation around him, but he certainly shined in TBT. Um, so a really good matchup, a great way to kick off that regional. Iowa United was supposed to have Megan Gustafson, who um, kind of, famously got cut by the Dallas Wings of the WNBA. She ended up getting re-signed by them, and she's currently with the team right now. And she actually also has an overseas deal for, in I believe it's in like Hungary, for after 
the WNBA season ends. So unfortunately, she won't be able to play for them. She'll be watching for them. But uh, I think that just kind of shows that Iowa United, they have the right idea. They kind of get what TBT is all about. Uh, and they're a very organized squad. This might be, this game might be the the most, the, the game with like, combine the two most organized teams in TBT. So, um, you know, they're going to be, or, you know, everyone's going to show up. They're going to play hard. Um, and it just kind of ends up coming down to talent, which I think the aftershocks have a little bit more of. The basis of every great team in TBT is a great GM. And I'll say this, the two GMs of these teams, uh, Kieran Bradley and Matt Crawford were two of the earliest to reach out, uh, last year about forming a team for this year. So Kieran Bradley emailed while the games were going on in July of 2019, these Wichita State guys have been talking about this for at least a year, probably more likely uh, two. And Matt Crawford had been involved with that Hilton Magic Legends team, as uh, Josh alluded to a second ago, um, in a booster capacity, decided he wanted to go take the reins himself and has really put together an excellent team, Jake. I think this is going to be a fantastic matchup. Yeah, I definitely would not sleep on this Iowa United team uh, in, in terms of you know their matchup with Aftershocks. You go through that roster, I think Tyrus McGee is – you know, that Iowa State, that Hilton Magic Legends team hasn't had a ton of success in TBT in the past. And I think that's kind of overshadowed the contributions Tyrus McGee has made um, to that team time and time again. Had an excellent season overseas, um, had a big top SC top 10 dunk um, you might have seen online. Big time poster in the Italian League finals, uh, which I believe they might have end up, ended up winning. Uh, so a big time score you bring to that team on top of having Peter Joke uh, from Iowa. Had a great year with the Phoenix Suns G League team. Uh, playing summer league and shooting the ball really well there. Uh, you have Reed Timmer, Drake's all-time leading scorer. Uh, so there's a lot of great guard play on that team. I, I think when you look at the roster and where you might have a hole, I, I think the front court might be a little bit shakier. Uh, bringing in Marcus Pfizer to go from a coaching to a playing role, uh, I think might be a bit of a, a difficult transition. He's obviously been out of pro basketball for some time now. Uh, they do it with Matt Tybee, Cyrus Tate. You know, they've got some Nick McGlynn. They've got some good pieces there, all, you know, 6'8 or, or smaller. Uh, where you look at the the aftershocks frontline, Garrett Stutz is seven feet tall. Shaq Moore is listed at six eight, but you know three hundred pounds, a big burly guy. You know, put inside will be a tough cover. Um, and Clay Anthony Early, you know, TJ, JT Durley, sort of mismatch options uh, for the aftershocks. Really well constructed roster. I think they bring a, a little bit of everything to the table. And one of those teams that has some depth, but I think can also throw you some different looks. And those guys are, are getting together for you know what is basically a two week training camp. Um, they'll be able to figure out lineups, you know, depth chart, you know, which guys they want to plug and play with each other, uh, you know, well ahead of time. So I, I think this is a team that, you know, we, we talk about preparation. Obviously, this is a team that's been preparing for themselves for over a year now. We'll be practicing, you know, well ahead of time um, and they'll be ready, you know, locked and loaded, ready to go. And we talk about, you know, home court advantage, you know, with teams that necessarily are playing in the home state or nearby the city that the TBT regional is in. This is truly legitimately home court advantage. Like, Three to five thousand, you know, screaming crazy Wichita State fans, you know, per night, you know, checking these guys out, rooting them on uh, in their home arena. It's, it's it's quite the advantage and could be intimidating, you know, for any opponent trying to walk up in there. Uh, so I give the aftershocks the nod here, uh, but I definitely would not discount what I what United has done in their first year in TBT. This is really going to be a fantastic game. Really excited to see this one myself live on ESPN on Thursday, July twenty fifth at eight p.m. All right, guys, also on ESPN Live that night are one of my favorite teams in TBT, a six-time participant, one of the last remaining original TBT teams, Sideline Cancer, the sixth seed, against the three-seed Self-Made, which, of course, is the 
University of Kansas alumni team led by Elijah Johnson. Sideline Cancer, as I said, has played in TBT since 2014. They are affiliated with the Griffith Family Foundation, which is an organization uh, devoted to uh, helping out those affected by pancreatic cancer. The um, organization is run by Kathy Griffith. Her husband had passed away from pancreatic cancer not long before the original TBT in 2014. Her son Jordan is now uh, taking the reins on this team and helping out with Billy Clapper, who is, again, one of the original members of this squad. So Sideline Cancer Guys has taken on Self-Made. Self-Made is a first-time TBT participant led by Elijah Johnson. It is a first-time participant in this format, but, Jake, they've got several names that people are going to recognize, A, and B, several guys that have already played in TBT multiple times. Yeah, a lot of guys that are, you know, were mainstays on that FOE team organized by the Morris Twins, um, you know, in past years, Tyshawn Taylor, Mario Little, uh, Elijah Johnson. Elijah has had, you know, he's kind of been the brainchild of the self-made team. Uh, you know, he's been putting them together since September. And this roster has gone through uh, a lot of iterations and, you know, guys that have been swapped out. And props to Elijah for really, you know, while playing overseas in Greece and having a good year there, you know, working double time to try and put this team together to bring something back to the KU faithful, you know, and give them something to cheer about during the summertime as well as, you know, reuniting some of their favorite players. You got Darrell Arthur and Darnell Jackson, who were members of that 2008 championship team. Um, you know, Travis Relaford's obviously a fan favorite. Kevin Young, you know, Perry Ellis, people still think he hasn't graduated yet. Um, is you know, popular running joke with him. But it, plenty of guys, you know, a ton of talent on that team. Um, and a lot of familiar faces that, that KU fans will really be excited about. I think the interesting thing with this team is they've kind of gone against the grain in terms of how CBT teams are typically constructing themselves, where... A lot of teams are more loaded in the backcourt. This is a team with an incredibly sturdy frontcourt. Uh, Darrell Arthur was a longtime, you know, NBA veteran who's kind of using TBT to launch a, a pro comeback, which I think is, you know, is a great stage for him to do so uh, on national TV. Landon Lucas, Darnell Jackson, Perry Ellis. Um, it's a lot of lot of depth in the frontcourt, not a ton of guards. Uh, I think shooting, you know, will be at a premium for them. They'll need Elijah, uh, Tyshawn Taylor, and Jeremy Case, who's actually Kansas's video coordinator uh, obviously isn't playing pro ball, but from what I'm told, you know, plays pickup with those guys all the time and um, has, has been like a three-point marksman in some of their scrimmages. So wouldn't overlook him. Nevertheless, um, you know, a team that will have to, you know, really make the most of their, their opportunities from the outside to beat sideline cancer, uh, but a, a loaded team nonetheless and, and one that I think um, could make a deep run in that region. Josh, this matchup between the two, I'm sorry, yeah, the uh, three and the six seed, self-made and sideline cancer um, really features a lot of guys you have to root for. And you really, 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 really like uh, Billy Clapper. I think, you know, obviously organizing this team with sideline cancer being one of them, but sideline cancer this year, I think brings the best roster that they've had in all six years. One of the key guys for them, I think is going to be Marcus Keene who led the nation in scoring and is one of those point guards that you can't help, but keep your eyes on the whole time. Yeah. I mean, he scored Marcus Keene. You mentioned it. Uh, led the nation in scoring in 2017, and he had a 50-point game against Miami of Ohio that year. He would average. He ended up averaging in that 2016-2017 year for Central Michigan, uh, 30 points per game, uh, and that was, you know, that was the first time in exactly actually 20 years that an NCAA player averaged at least 30 points per game. Um, didn't end up making it in the NBA yet. Uh, he played a year in the G League. He's also played overseas as well. But, um, you know, we've talked about so many times how important guard play is. And Marcus Keene going to be one of the best ones. And then they also brought in Kevin Olacabe from UNLV. He actually played with Marvell Harris from Team Challenge ALS on um, 
he played on Fresno State and then transferred for a year to UNLV. Uh, so Ola Cabe and Marvell Harris, they played together on Fresno State for a year, and then Ola Cabe went to Las Vegas to play for UNLV. But he's another uh, scoring point guard, second team all whack in 2012. Um, had a very good year. His one year at UNLV averaged over 10 points a game. Um, and then he's since been on or played uh, for like four years for the Canton charge and then the long Island nets in the NBA G league. So um, by far the best backcourt that sideline cancer is bringing into TBT. Uh, they also have a very good front court. They have returnees in Dwayne Johnson. Um, they also bring back Remy Abel from Xavier. So uh, definitely the best sideline cancer team. And um, you know, don't call me crazy. I don't, I don't know if I have a prediction yet for the game, but, uh, you know, self-made is a first-year TB team. You don't know what to expect from them. Wouldn't shock me if Sideline Cancer won the game. Sideline Cancer is always organized, and the one thing I know that Elijah is working on, really trying to get, is a, is a proper head coach for that self-made team. So we'll see what happens with that. This is going to be the 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time game, live on the main network on ESPN, the three-seated self-made against the six-seated Sideline Cancer. All right, guys, we're going to go to the top of the bracket now and talk about one of the semifinalists from last year, a team that always does well in TBT, the Golden Eagles alumni from Marquette. That's the one seed against the eight-seeded Fort Hood Wounded Warriors. The Golden Eagles are now in their, I believe, fourth year. Josh, is that right? They're in their fourth year, correct. Fourth year, unbelievable. Fourth year in TBT for the Golden Eagle alumni team. Fort Hood Wounded Warriors is in their second year. Fort Hood played out of the West Regional last year in L.A., played very well, won their play-in game on that Friday night, uh, and then took Team Challenge ALS pretty tight uh, in that first-round matchup. Golden Eagles, of course, made the semifinals last year, largely on the back of a guy who's going to be coaching them this year, Travis Diener. Uh, Travis has determined that he's not going to play. Travis, uh, of course, was a college teammate of Dwayne Wade, and unlike Dwayne Wade, wants to continue his professional career. So I think he's going to take it easy on those knees this summer. But in any event, uh, Josh, this is a great matchup between the number one seeded Golden Eagle alumni team, who I think in all respects have to be the favorite in this regional, uh, versus the eight seed Fort Hood Wounded Warriors. Yeah, I mean, this Golden Eagles alumni team, they always find a way to just get better. I mean, they're constantly, uh, they've never made it been eliminated before the regional championship game. Uh, and last year they ended up getting over the hump and making it to the semifinals. Um, so, uh, you know, you look at the, the guys they have on this team, they bring back Dwight bikes who um, couldn't play last year. Cause he was playing with the Pistons um, or he was under contract for them. He's back. Um, certainly one of the most well-liked players. Uh, they bring back Jameel Wilson, who was a TBT all tournament team member. And then you think, how do you replace Travis Diener, who um, wasn't putting up like 20 points a game, but he always kind of hit a big shot. Uh, obviously, one of the most well-liked players, too, for that Golden Eagles team. And they bring in Andrew Rousey, who was kind of the perfect replacement for them. Uh, he only played two years at Marquette, began his college career at UNC Asheville. Um, but he was an electric player down at Marquette, ended up scoring over 2,000 points, and he also broke Dwayne Wade's single-season Marquette scoring record. Uh, he scored over 700 points in his senior year. So um, Andrew Rousey, I think, is the perfect replacement for Travis Diener, kind of a younger version of him. He can shoot the ball. He can get to the hoop. He can score. Um, this this Golden Eagles team is loaded, Dan, and I think you're right, probably the favorite in this Wichita region. Josh, I mean, Jake, this is a uh, an interesting matchup, I think, because you've got the Fort Hood Wounded Warriors, who really are a bunch of guys that – a lot of people probably didn't see on TV while they were in college versus Marquette, which is one of the 
you know, premier top 20 perennial programs in the country who everybody seems to know. Nevertheless, the Fort Hood Wounded Warriors are a really talented team and one that could give the Golden Eagle alumni team a run for their money. Yeah, you, you got to appreciate a team that comes in with a chip on their shoulder, guys that know they've been overlooked or, or not as well known uh, over the years but have carved out lane for themselves. I, I think that they see this as an opportunity on a big stage like this, uh, you know, to really put themselves on the map and, you know, have a team that could definitely, you know, give them a shot. You know, they, they came in last year, uh, a first-year entrant, you know, dominated the Utah Valor, gave Challenge ALS a run for their money, um, and they've reloaded that team, too. Ced Brooks, uh, the GM and point guard, was obviously a great contributor for that team, as was, was Devin Wilson, Wilson, who I believe set the record for most threes made in a TBT game. But you had Richard Odoms, who just graduated um, from the University of Oklahoma, uh, a big power program. It gives them an athletic wing um, who can play the three. Uh, Nico Costa, big man who went to Lamar University, the same school that Mike James, uh, point guard for uh, Team Hines, one of the EuroLeague's finest, uh, played at. So obviously it's a school that has some talent despite you know not having as big of a name, as well as C.J. Rodriguez, who played for the Panama national team um, in some World Cup qualifying this past year. A lot of interesting new pieces to add to that squad. Uh, I mean, I think that they're looking at a tough task without a doubt. Uh, you know, Josh talks about Andrew Rousey, and just to give you – some more perspective on the type of scorer that Rousey is. Uh, broke Dwayne Wade's single-season scoring record at Marquette with over 700 points. Uh, set the single-season market uh, mark with 125 threes. Uh, so this is a guy who can like very simply get buckets. Him and Bikes, adding Bikes to that backcourt again, uh, really uh, makes them a dynamic threat. Uh, and I, I believe, you know, truly believe that Jamil Wilson like should be an NBA player. The fact that he is not an NBA deal and continues to play in this every year. Um, it's pretty remarkable. So hopefully, you know, this is the year that, you know, he had a great run last year, you know, scored all seven points in the Elam ending to beat Talladega Knights in Atlanta. Hopefully he has another showing like that and an NBA team gives him another shot like the Clippers did a couple of years ago uh, because he's certainly worthy of it. Really talented guy, uh, a bit of an undersized team. And, you know, just given how, how big Jamil is and plays some five for them at times, and you know, have, giving them another guy who can stretch the floor, you know, they can go five out. Uh, you know, really makes them just that much more dynamic and shows you how uh, interesting and, and uh, versatile Jamil can be uh, in, in the TBT floor. So, you know, Fort Hood, you know, should give them a, a tough matchup. But I think Golden Eagles kind of takes this one, uh, you know, walking away somewhat easily. Golden Eagles are going to play the Fort Hood Wounded Warriors on Friday, July 26th at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN3. All right, guys, the winner of the Golden Eagles-Fort Hood game is going to play the winner of the 4-5 matchup. These are two uh, longtime, at this point, TBT participants, Team Colorado, the Colorado alumni team against Purple and Black, the Kansas State alumni team. Colorado famously made it to the championship game against Overseas Elite in 2016, narrowly lost. Marcus Hall really played his tail off in that uh, tournament run in 2016. Of course, Purple and Black have played in TBT also since 2016 and come back with a little bit of a new look this year. They're going to have to make some additions, I think, late in order to complete this roster, but they will do that. I think this is going to be a really competitive game. It looks like Team Colorado has an opportunity uh, to maybe win this game and then move on, but we'll see uh, what happens with Kansas State. Either way, it's very likely that there will be a lot of people clad in purple there to watch uh, Kansas State in Wichita. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this 4-5 matchup between Team Colorado and Purple and Black? Yeah, uh, interesting matchup. It's kind of crazy when you look at just talking about how deep the Wichita regional is. It's kind of crazy that we just talked about Wichita State, Kansas, um, you know, up and down Marquette. uh, And then we still have this Colorado uh, purple and black game, just, you know, such a deep region. Um, 
I, I like Colorado. I like, I think they, um, you know, they had a tough game last year. They ran into Aberline Drive, who was a juggernaut last year, and Jerome Randall. Uh, I think Dan maybe first said the phrase, they just got Randalled. Like, that just happened to a bunch of teams. And um, they ran into, like we said, a juggernaut. Um, but they bring back Marcus Hall, a tournament legend, Marcus Relford, who might be the best pure scorer, actually, of them all on this team. Chris Copeland, a big body down low. And then... Um, Xavier Silas as well, who who kind of knows what it takes to win in TBT. He played for the City of Gods team in 2015 and 2016, actually, who made it to the semifinals down in, it was in New York down then. So he knows what it takes to win in TBT. Um, Silas has kind of um, been bouncing between the G League, and he actually had an opportunity with the Celtics and the NBA, had a couple of 10-day contracts. Um, I like this Colorado team. I think purple and black, I think, just to be really frank, I think not having Jacob Pullen and Michael Beasley, um, I think with the level, the talent level that TBT has gotten to this year, I think those guys would have been a massive, massive help for them. Uh, I like the roster Colorado ha- has put together. I'm going to go with the Buffalo alumni. Jake. Yeah, I think Colorado, um, you know, has always been one of TBT's, you know, more well-organized alumni teams. They go back to school. They have a training camp every week or every year. Uh, for about a week in terms of, you know, getting ready for this event. Um, But for whatever reason, it just kind of hasn't paid off for them. It seems like every year they sort of take a step backwards. And it's a talented team. You know, Marcus Hall continues to be one of the the best players in TBT every single year. I think Chris Copeland's another really dynamic guy. You talk about Jamil Wilson being versatile and able to play up a couple positions. Uh, Chris Copeland's kind of the same way. But it seems like he might be their full-time five this year, given the fact that he's their biggest player on the roster. They don't even have a true center. Um, they're basically point guards and wings. Um, so it's a different look a little bit for that Colorado team in the sense that they don't have a traditional front court, um, kind of embracing sort of the small ball era we're seeing across basketball in general. I think it's an interesting experiment for this team, albeit um, a bit of a surprising one, given the, the lack of success that they've had over years. It's a, a returning a lot of the same guys that they had um from previous years with Xavier Silas being, you know, just about the only new addition to that team. Um, Purple, you know, so it should be a very interesting matchup. Purple and black obviously have some work to do. Um, You know, with them not being able to bring in Pullen uh, or Beasley um, or even Barry Brown, who just graduated um, and Kamal Stokes, also a new graduate going to play for team 23, uh, you know, kind of makes filling out that team a little bit more difficult, but, you know, Marcus Foster, we talk about so many of these great, scoring guards in TBT and in Wichita. Marcus Foster is one of the premier scorers you'll have out there. Uh, Justin Edwards, Marquise Addison played really well when that team went to Richmond last year. Uh, And bringing back Thomas Gibson, uh, as well as DJ, who's the team GM to kind of man the front court. A really talented team. I'm going to give them the the nod here in this one. Um, But it's going to be an interesting matchup. And it wouldn't surprise me if if either one of these teams pulls pulls out a stunning upset moving down the bracket. Uh, Jake, you said this about self-made, and I kind of feel the same way about purple and black, is that they've almost started with the front court instead of the back court. You know, TJ Johnson, I thought, looked great last year. Martavius Irving uh, is, a, is a good guard. Um, I think he's more of a of a combo than a true point guard. They're going to bring in Javon Thomas. Uh, there's some a word that Curtis Kelly may not be a go for them, which I think is going to hurt them a little bit in the front court, but they've got plenty of talent there between DJ and Thomas Gibson. So we're going to have to see what happens in this matchup between the fifth seed... Uh, Kansas State alumni team, purple and black, against Team Colorado. I 
really think that Xavier Silas has something to prove here, and I think that he is a the type of player that always does well in TBT in that he's super versatile, can shoot it from outside, and wants to defend. So Xavier Silas obviously is going to star for that team at Team Colorado. We'll see how this goes. Marcus Hall, don't sleep on him, and obviously they've got Copeland as well for some outside shooting. All right, guys, that's the uh, last matchup of the day that we're going to preview, but that's actually the second game of the day and the last matchup of the day on Friday, July 26th. That game is going to be at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, also on ESPN3 on Friday, July 26th. All right, Jake, who's your prediction to get through the Wichita Regional? It, this is really a tough one. I mean, you from you know top to bottom, you have a great region. You have a bunch of really uh, talent-heavy alumni teams. I have to give the nod to self-made here. Um, I just kind of love what they've done with that roster. Tyshawn Taylor and Elijah Johnson were always, you know, two of the premier members of that FOE team. Perry Ellis has really grown his game since, you know, leaving Kansas and going to play overseas. Shot the ball really well from deep, which I think will be crucial um, for that team going forward. But I, I think that, you know, the front court is kind of the strength of this team. When you look across that region, I don't think there, there are too many teams that can, you know, match the size and physicality as well as the athleticism that some of those guys, you know, on that team have. Uh, I, I kind of wonder if Golden Eagles caught lightning in a bottle last year. And, you know, the fact that Diener had to bail them out, you know, a little bit, uh, I think shows you, you know, what that team was working with. Uh, Dwight Bikes is a great addition, but uh, I'm going to roll with self-made here. I, I think that, you know, for a first-year team, they're really well-organized. Um, they're well-balanced. Uh, and I think they have just enough to get through Wichita, although it won't be easy. Josh, oh, go ahead. J- Josh, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I kind of disagree with Jake. I don't think the Golden Eagles caught lightning in a bottle. Again, if you look at their TBT history, they've made it to the regional championship game every year. And last year, they ended up getting over the hump and winning that regional championship game and making it to the semifinals. Um, I think this is just who they are, a really good TBT team who gets the job done and uh, wins games in this tournament. Um, that being said, I've been going back and forth between self-made um, the Golden Eagles and also the Aftershocks, but I think I just talked myself into um, into the Golden Eagles, so I'm going to go with the Marquette alumni. Well, I'm glad you talked yourself into it because that's I would, what I would have tried to do myself. I think the Golden Eagles are going to win, win this regional. I do think, however, that this is going to be an incredible scene, uh, and you never know what's going to happen on a home court. So this Wichita State team could easily make it to that Sunday game, and I, I think potentially win, but I do think that Dan Fitzgerald has done an awesome job of pulling this team together yet again. This is probably... Along with Syracuse, I think probably one of the top two best supported alumni teams from the program itself in all of TBT. Um, Coach Wojciechowski does a great job of bringing these guys back. They they have a training camp back in Marquette in Milwaukee every year. I really like this team. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup uh, there for them in Wichita. So again, this Wichita Regional tips off on Thursday, July 25th with coverage live on ESPN. It continues on Friday on ESPN3. And then we'll pick up the second round on Saturday on ESPN and Sunday on ESPN. All right, guys, thank you for your time. We're going to preview the next regional in our next episode. And we are going to do the Richmond regional in the next episode of TBT Podcast. So we'll look forward to that. And we'll talk to you again soon. 